hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin. Yes, good morning. Uh, Philip Golfie also here. Sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. The website is robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at Rob Golfie. And you can also like the Rob Golfie Facebook page. Check it out. A lot of great information and uh, videos on that Facebook page. Don't forget to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on iTunes and Google Play. And if you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie team, you can email questions at robgolfie.com. That email address is questions at robgolfie.com. On today's program, real estate lockboxes. We'll talk about that. We'll also discuss millennials driving Canada's hot real estate market and sales of high-end homes have been impacted by new rules but we'll begin today with some statistics i yes. always like talking stats i'm a stats guy <laughs> so yeah st- I, li- I like stats too so overall transaction sales uh are down uh 35.1 percent that's that's a hefty number that that's for the that, that's for the month of april april over april of last year okay and uh and it listings are down 17 percent so now the buyers are the buyers are out there. They're sitting. They're sitting on the fence. They're watching. But what's selling is now is unique properties. Right. You know stuff like the Durand and Kirkland area. Um, the uh, the homes like the Century Homes, the nice neighborhoods, houses that are completely done from bot- like from basement to the, mm-hmm. to the attic or whatever. Those are selling, and they're also still going into competition. So if if you've got everything done and it and it's like showroom like. Like we're talking, you know, magazine ready, yeah. magazine, it's you know, sell ready. No matter what. Uh, then you're going to sell, and you're probably going to sell for more than than the value. I was going to say, so they're getting over asking. They are e- getting over. They, they are getting over asking. People want homes that they can move into, and and it's done. Mm-hmm. It's done. Or unique homes, and they don't mind if a, new, a unique home they buy. They may have to do some work, but those unique homes, they can't. Re, you can't build those now. They're right. in certain neighborhoods, and uh, and so people will want those houses. And so, so why are they so popular? Why are people now looking to these unique homes, whether they're done at or, or done up or, or need a little bit of tweaking? I think they don't. They don't go with the market. They're very. I would say they don't. They don't contribute. You That's can't, right. You can't. You can't look at the market and say the market's really slow right now. Those homes will always sell. Right. They're, they're really sought. Because they're one of a kind. Yeah. Right? That's right. They're That's really right. sought after. They're, they're homes that you can't build today. They're homes that have the character that you can't. You can't make. Right. They're, so so it, it, there's so many people that drive through that Duran neighborhood and just just look at the homes and just fall in love with them. And right. it's it's people's dreams to live in a house that that's. You know, built built, built like early nineteen hundreds, yeah. Yeah, yeah, during yeah. during the industrial age, they and, and and Phillip's right. They're like people. They'll say if a house comes up in that neighborhood, call me. So we keep their names, and when a house does come up, because they they don't have to move, but if they if the house comes up that they like on that certain street, they will move. Or even even not only that certain street, if if they'll pick out a house and be like, I want that house. Or that house, really, and then they'll they'll pick a specific house, and yeah. they'll say if it comes up, or if you know it's coming up, 
call us and let us know. We'll buy it, uh-huh. right? right? And, and when you do that, you're paying a premium. That person's going to pay a premium because that seller knows that, you know, They've been watching. They can't get house. anywhere yeah, else. They've been right? watching this house for you know the last 10, yeah. 10 or fifteen years, and they yeah. want that particular house, and they'll pay for it. Interesting that people yeah. will wait that long because they, it that that's the only house that's out there that they that's right. That but they, they don't want, have right? to move. Those yeah. people they're happy right. where they are, yeah. and but they'll be even that much more happier if that one house comes up for sale. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it, it, it is a specific home or homes that are, are done up to the to the nines. Like yeah. it's just, uh, uh, it, it, it's hard to find those type of homes. So what's the definition of a, and this might be a, a strange question, of a unique home, something that you mentioned century homes. So what are people falling in love with about these homes? Is it just because they are different from everything else and, and the whole neighborhood is different? You're not, the, you're not seeing the same house over and over. I think it starts with like, it starts with the neighborhood right you can't you can't plant those yeah trees. you can't replicate you can't, that right? yeah exactly yeah. it starts with the neighborhood and then it goes to you know the style the, of property and the style of the house and and how much they've kept it to its original look right all that kind of stuff so that's what people people want they want they want that we had we had uh we had a there was a house that came up it didn't even hit the market yet on on ravenscliff and uh, we had a buyer somebody else had a buyer and um, but our buyer didn't want didn't want to go in competition because I mean they were asking uh, pretty close to two million dollars for this mm. and so it's like you know somebody's somebody's gonna say listen I'm not interested in that number uh, I don't mind going in if it's just us you know negotiating back and forth but they're not gonna over overpay for something but they sold it before it even hit the market I don't even think a for sale sign went on the front wow. lawn yeah it just so agents have pockets of buyers we have pockets of buyers in different areas uh, other agents sometimes have uh, some pockets of uh, some buyers and so when we hear uh, a house coming up for sale uh, sometimes another agent say hey listen I got this house coming up if you're interested boom and then all of a sudden uh, activity starts mm-hmm. even before it hits the MLS. Yeah, and it's it's convenience more than anything, right? So you have a you have a willing buyer that's motivated to buy something for you know potentially even above market value. Yeah. they don't have to go through the the showings. They don't have to go through the the you know the ins and outs of of selling your property. Right. It can be stressful pretty, at times, right? Pretty especially, cut and dry, right? Yeah, especially a property of that that size and and you know people walking through the through your house and and. You know, we, that we, sort of thing. So it's it's you know the convenience of being able to sell your property for mm-hmm. for what you want right. in less than a week and is, relatively stress free. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So we got we so right now we're dealing with uh, a, a few different styles of of uh, frustrated sellers. The so the one frustrated seller is the one that bought last year, and for some reason uh, there it, it the house maybe um, maybe job relocation maybe it's not the right house not the right neighborhood. Mm. Um, all different reasons. So they bought probably, let's say, whatever they bought last year, and then they probably put some money into it. So if they bought early, in, you know, how the market was in the first uh, four months of last year was just crazy. Mm-hmm. So somebody bought the house. Now they put $20,000 into it. Now they've overpaid for that. Now, I'm not saying overpaid. They paid a strong number for that house at that time. Right. Now the market's kind of balanced itself out. So now they put twenty thousand into it. They probably let's say they pay, they they bought the house for five five hundred thousand. Now they they put twenty twenty five thousand into it. So now they want to uh, sell it for five they, they, for six hundred or six fifty. Right. Oh no, sorry, five fifty, and they're not going to get it because it's it's worth less than the five hundred that they bought it for mm-hmm. or five hundred. So we're dealing with that struggling buyer. I mean, struggling seller. Right. Sorry. So are they able to sell? Um, and, and if they, they do, they, they, they go through the, the long. They go, they're going through the turmoil yeah. of. 
of knowing what the market is. Well, now, they, this, they don't want to take the haircut. They don't want to take the haircut, but they have to. If they and if they need to move, they're going to lose money. And if they don't have enough equity, they're they're going to either have to stay or borrow money or or something. Now right. the other the other frustrating seller is the one that bought new and it's closing this year, but they they bought. Last year. Uh, last year. Right. So now the market is quiet right now. Now, I know we're in a dormant stage in the market. There's no doubt about it. It's dormant. You can put your house up for sale, and it's going to sit uh, a little bit. If you if you overprice it by even 2%, 3%, you're sitting on the market. I'm right. sorry. That's just the way the market is. You either can wait it out and see what happens in the summer, or it could get worse in the summer, or it can get better. We don't know. So um, so there's that frustrating seller. The And uh, another frustrating seller is the one that – they got their house up for sale. They've been with the same agent, and the agent's given them a high price. Now they're expecting the, their agent to know the values of properties, mm-hmm. and they're on the market for uh, six months at a time, uh, six months, and they're frustrated. So now they want uh, they, uh, they you know we're get, we're getting a lot of calls from from other uh, like people saying I want to fire my agent because they want to call us to say we can't do anything you're under contract right, yeah. we're sorry and it's it's happening a lot yeah. right now so there's a lot of frustrated sellers out there right now wow. and, and it's tough I understand but just to let people know I, I did talk to an agent uh, in Toronto and I asked them they, they they experience the same things as we do so what happens is they're they're finding the market is just starting to pick up so now that wave is going to come towards Hamilton probably within a month so we're hoping that things pick up faster within a month. Mm-hmm. So if Toronto's starting to pick up right now, then we're going to pick up within within a month. So it is the market is 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 a funny market right now. It's it's kind of dormant. Just hang in there. Um, but you know, or or you need somebody with a lot of marketing, and that's what we do. Yeah, you mentioned uh, <laughs> a little plug there for me. <laughs> you mentioned other agents, uh, you know, not not fulfilling or not being able to sell homes, and now people are calling you to say, hey, you know, can you help me out? Uh, would those agents not just release their client from the contract? Is that not just the right thing to do? Good agents yeah. do. Good yeah. agents is, do, but yeah. not everyone does. Yeah. It's the right thing to do. It is I, the right it, thing it, to it do. It is the right thing to do. To um, selling's emotional. It's 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 stressful. It's emotional. It's hard. And and if you know, we we advertise it. We'll let you out of the contract free and clear. Mm-hmm. If you're, you're not what? happy with anything that yeah. we're doing, if we're not, mar- if you're not. We will let you out of the contract, yep. no questions asked. Within 48 hours, you can go wherever you want. And and I think that's why you know I feel that our reputation is is good on that basis. Um, we, we've got people that they're calling us, say, we can't, sorry, we can't yeah. talk to you. And, and, and their agents won't let them out of the contract. Hmm. And it, it, it's not good. I mean, you know, it's not good for that agent. I mean, they'll probably get a bad Google review. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm uh, just thinking from that agent's perspective, like, uh, you know, <laughs> word of mouth is a, is a strong thing still yeah, nowadays. It is, especially if it's a Google review. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if that if you're that agent, you're thinking, you know, why hold on to this client? You're not selling the home anyways. Uh, you know, make it a win-win. I yeah. never I never really understood why agents wouldn't let their clients out of the contract. I, I get that, you know, the agent, you know, puts in marketing dollars, puts in time. Sure. And they want, you know, they it, want the return on the investment. It, but it, It's the risk they took. Yeah. Every time I put someone's house up for sale, I take a risk. It's like it's like an investment that I put my money into. Say, okay, I'm putting your house up for sale, and I'm going to invest. It, it cost me a thousand to two thousand dollars in the first couple of weeks mm-hmm. that I invest putting in marketing my, this client's home. Now, if 
I, if, if I take the risk of taking a house that is priced too high, I take that risk. Yeah. I'm the one that's gambling on, on that investment that I put in. And sometimes I, I will not take it, I just, you know, unless he's willing to be with me for a certain length of time sure. on the agreement. But it's, it's, it's the real estate agent's risk of taking on that listing. If he, whatever money he puts in, if he doesn't sell it, that's his loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're saying it's it's emotional. I mean, it's not only emotional no, for the people is, selling the home, <laughs> but, but but you guys as well. You have a, an emotional investment in making this sale go through. It's tough because because agents they won't let their some 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 agents won't let their client out of the contract. They're like, we just want to move on to a different agent. We need to get our house sold. This is you know who we're gonna go with. Yeah. But but we find ourselves our hands are tied often yeah. because they'll call us and say we want to use your team we we you know we we're, we've been unsuccessful with our realtor for six months we want to use you guys and I'm and and more often than not we unless can't do you get yeah. the cancellation we, we say, cannot we tell do them, anything you have to wait till your contract runs out yeah. or your or your or your agent's gonna let you out of the contract but otherwise let us know uh, what you do and then we just walk away from it we get a lot of those calls wow. uh, still to come on the show we'll talk about real estate lockboxes millennials and how they're driving the real estate market and coming up after the break sales of high end homes are being impacted you're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CH. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Zamprin. In studio today with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. If you have an email for the Golfie team, whether it's a question or a copy or a topic idea, I should say, uh, email the Golfie team, questions at RobGolfie.com. Golfie.com is the email address. Again, questions at robgolfie.com. They're all over social media. Check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page, and they're on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at Rob Golfie. Missed a past episode? Uh, don't fret. You can subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast and listen to all the past shows, including our 100th edition uh, a couple of months back. Uh, you can go to iTunes and Google play still to come we'll talk about real estate lockboxes and uh, what millennials are doing and then apparently they're doing good things in the real estate market but let's shift over to sales of high-end homes that are really being hit by all these new rules that we have i've been saying that high-end homes especially the large homes have been uh will, will be more difficult to sell in the future i've been saying that for five years now it's just it's just starting to hit the newspapers and the media and wait till five ten years from now it's going to be head on and people will have to face that okay so what's happening here someone's living in a a large home maybe we'll define what a large home is I I, I would say a large home is three thousand plus square feet okay and so someone living in that home or family living in that home they may have been there for uh, a few years or a couple of decades so what what wall or what challenges are they going to face so what, what start so there, there there's going to be an abundance of those large homes for sale and the, and the values of those homes are going to be uh, harder to to sustain they're not going to get the big dollars the appreciation value is not going to be there so for instance the baby boomers um, and I think the first uh, person that turned age 65 was what five years ago or something like that uh, a mm. baby boomer 
Yeah, something like there, that. Yeah. So so they're unloading their big homes and going into bungalows. Right. So a lot of them a lot of them now were saying even up to two, three years ago, Rob, I'm selling this big two story house, twenty five hundred to three thousand square foot home, and I'm buying this fifteen hundred square foot bungalow and, and, and there's not much of a difference in price. It's the same mm-hmm. price. Mm-hmm. It, it is. And I say, well, I go, it's your generation that increased it because you guys <laughs> you guys now That's what everybody wants. Well, yeah. Right. But, but not only that, they're they've got lots of money. They they're wealthy and they don't care. They just said, I just want a one floor plan that I can move into, you know, and they may have one child at home still. The mm. other the others have moved out and they know that the, their last child's gonna move out. Hopefully, and <laughs> hint, this hint, sounds hint, familiar. Hint. I think this. Yeah. I think this is uh, this. This story sounds familiar. Yeah. Like a flashback. So, <laughs> so so anyway, so anyway, so they're they're but they're overpaying for it. So right. they so that that price of those bungalows, the one floor plans, are being driven up by the baby boomers. Now, you the the people that are in their forties right now, they've got large homes, and same thing in their fifties. But the ones in their forties, they're gonna they're the ones are gonna feel it the most hmm. because they're the they're the last group. That are are going to end up selling. Right now, they're enjoying because right now nobody in their thirties are buying a big house. No, right? no, they're not. Unless you're nobody. doing really well. No, no, <laughs> nobody, 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 nobody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so those ones that are in their forties, they they're enjoying their nice big, you know, four thousand three thirty five hundred square foot home, four bedrooms, four, four bathrooms, yeah, yeah, yeah everything, yeah. finished basement, Every, everything. Yeah, yeah. So theater. Then, so in ten years, when they want to sell. They're going to find that their uh, appreciating value is depreciating, mm. and and in ten years they're going to look what's going on now because their neighbors they had to sell and because their neighbor couldn't sell they had to drop their price the other neighbor around the corner had to drop their price mm. so now they want to sell they're not they're gonna they're gonna struggle they are going to struggle selling it and because they want to go into a, a one floor plan. And 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 those one floor plans are going to be so expensive. And I I like I I did it at a younger time because I knew that was happening. Right. So I bought a bungalow. I I renovated it. Put two hundred thousand dollars into it. I renovated it on the outside, the inside. Right now, uh, we're doing all the landscaping around it. And I'm like I'm there. I'm good for I'm good for life. Yeah. And uh, and people are you know come to me and say, listen, Rob, I I I'm looking for a house just like yours. It looks just like yours. I go, <laughs> well, that that house I bought for four hundred fifty. And I've got a lot of money into it. Uh, it is they're going to end up paying seven hundred to a million dollars yeah, now. Yeah, it's just it's. So yeah. who's now moving into these big homes? Is it is it people in their forties because or, it, it or is fifties because that's the people only thing. in their forties um, that finally they got you know they they you know they've got some money they right. they got some success in their business and they want to go into these big houses because they're they're kind of the tail end of that baby boomer right. generation. But the, uh, but the but but I'll tell you the crop of people coming up the pipeline, they're gonna they look at that it. as a they big don't liability. Want it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're gonna they're look, gonna at look at it as maintenance. They're gonna look at it as, as taxes. And, they're and, gonna look at it. As- and, and same thing with the condo market. The condo market is gonna go up like crazy because those people that are selling those big three four thousand square foot homes that that want to retire now they they they, they want to travel. They they're gonna put they're gonna sell their house buy the condo so they're gonna drive the condo market up so they're so what they're doing is what millennials are doing now yeah, yeah. <laughs> millennials are, millennials con- they're, they they're said wait hey, we're not gonna go through thirty years of life of, of owning in a big expensive house we want the lifestyle now yeah. we're not gonna wait till we're sixty five years old to have that lifestyle yeah. Yeah. so have developers caught on to this are they now building smaller homes yeah urban well, urban the townhouses yeah. the townhouses the, the yeah. urban planners just want dense single family homes if you look at 
you know, Ancaster, any new any new city that's that's growing, Milton, Grimsby, you know, Hamilton Mountain, Stony Creek, they're all townhouses on top of each other. Mm-hmm. They're all, you know, three-story towns, two-story towns, highly dense. You're um, you're going to find you're going to find the luxury uh uh condos are going to are going to uh, go like crazy because right. people that are are going to get rid of their big, you know, massive mansion. They're they're going to say, "You know what? I still want that lifestyle." And so they're going to go for the big uh, um, condo that, you know, overlooking the city. Mm-hmm. You know, they're on the top floors of, uh, of any condo development. Yeah. So anyone who's in a, a, a big luxury home right now should be looking to offload? or is, is, <laughs> should, should they be waiting just a wee bit longer? Yeah, they should. Uh, you know what? There's, there's timings for that. If there's that. a buyer for their house... Take, they, it. Take, take it, take it, yeah, yeah, definitely. Take it and run. Definitely. If somebody says, "I, I want to buy your house," as long as they're going into something that's a little more sustainable, but, but and sometimes they may not be ready to go to downsize. Right. They're kind of they want to enjoy that lifestyle. They're at the end of the at the end of the time that they decide to sell, they may go, "You know what? We should have sold, you know, five years earlier." Right. Yeah. But you know, it just depends. It depends. Everybody's situation is different. You know, some people have big houses because they entertain a lot because of their of the comp. They own companies sure. and they and they bring a lot of people to their house. So that's kind of a lot of those big mansions that you have. But these houses in in uh, like Burlington is is taking the biggest beating uh, on our board, our real estate board, when it comes to uh, homes that are, aren't selling. I mean, they're they if if I looked at Burlington, um, it would be uh, where's Burlington here, uh, Burlington. So last last year the average selling price in Burlington was 781,773. This year it's 736,000. Wow. So in 2017 in the month of April Burlington sold 333 homes. This year in the month of April only 216 homes. <laughs> they're taking a they're, they're taking a, like it, it, there's only so much a, the public can sustain values of homes right but uh but yeah but Berlin, like it, it's starting to show that the the more expensive areas are, are taking the bigger beating yeah uh, is is the um not necessarily landscaping but is the size of the lot still a factor do people still want bigger lots even though the home might not be you know huge the the, the lot doesn't make a difference okay. when somebody's buying every so like when i go to someone's house and 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 people might disagree with me, but I, I mean, I, I, I've sold a lot of homes, Rick. I'm telling you, so, and I hear the same story every time I go. Like, like between a 50 foot wide lot and, and a and a 45 foot wide lot, yeah. if the house is nice on there and somebody loves the house, the, it, the lot's not going to make the difference too much. Right. A lot only makes a difference in prices when you're buying brand new. You picking a premium lot, you pay for that. Will you get it in the long run? Not as much. So if you're going to pay $20,000 more for a premium lot uh, than the rest of the people in the neighborhood when you buy brand new from a builder, when you're reselling it, your next door neighbor may have a lot that's a little uh, smaller, but he's got a better house on it. Right. He's going he's to sell for more money than, than the, the, right. the guy with the premium lot. Yeah, that's right. So that premium lot, you got the location when you bought, but you're not going to get it as much on the resale. Mm-hmm. So. People that have a lot that's seventy foot wide lot or fifty foot wide lot, if you got a beautiful house on there, yeah, I, I'll take the better the house with the the better house on on the sixty foot wide lot versus the seventy foot yeah. wide lot. You know, so sounds like the lot is just gravy. I mean, if the if the, the houses are the, the same, the lot is a bonus. Yeah, the lot yeah. is a bonus after, but it's but if you're first in line and the builders, you know, selling off, you know, all these homes in this new subdivision, and you happen to get the premium lot, you pay for it. Yeah, you're the king. I know. 
You tell your friends, you know, <laughs> I got gonna... the premium a lot, <laughs> yeah. but, you, but you paid more for it. Yeah. But, but but you're not gonna you're not you gonna get it on you're not gonna get it back on unless you know, unless you got a beautiful house on it, right. And everything. But interesting. All right, let's shift gears and talk about uh, millennials driving Canada's hot real estate market despite high prices. Six in ten Canadian millennials already own a home. Not surprised. They're pretty active in the market. Yeah, that's they they, uh, they did that last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they bought them all last year. We only got forty percent left. <laughs> and that's why that's why we, we used all the millennials. All the millennials bought last year. We got no, nobody no, no millennials this left. year to buy. <laughs> Those other ones, I guess, are in condos. <laughs> They're in condos. Right? Yeah, that's it. So so again, uh, I say that's uh, surprising. I thought yeah. it was a little high. I, I, thought it was, I, I thought it was high. I, I thought. I, I thought. I. Th- I think it's. It's high. But I'm not out there counting the millennials. So. Right. <laughs> but what we're not seeing it. It might be high for this area because you know you look at the the price of a home last year and thinking yeah. you know millennials probably can't afford you know half a million dollar home for well, what they're getting. But across the country, it might be a different. You story. know what? You'd be amazed how much uh, the interest rates as low as they were last year and how much um, money they can. Borrow. borrow. They they can borrow a lot, and the millennials mm. are looking at how much they can afford a month, not how much the house is. Right. Uh, uh, to a certain degree, not. And that's before the stress test, too. Yeah. That, right. Yeah. Exactly. So, but if they're the millennials that uh, that are left to buy. Yep. I have a stand it, on that. The, and it, it, what's the, what's the stats well, say there? Well, of the forty-one percent of millennials who don't yet own a home, thirty percent plan to buy in the next two years. So, so of that forty percent, there's only going to be eleven percent left in two years. That which which is going which the market's going to be. That's why, guys, <laughs> you better sell those big homes now. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. I, if those are the true numbers, and and I, I think they're probably close to what uh, this the stat like those stats are probably close. Like I I I wouldn't say they're accurate, but I right. I would say they're they're pretty. They're close. in the ballpark. They're pretty uh, within the ballpark. So my my theory is. Um, if they buy within the next two years after that, what's left? I don't know. Like it's we don't know. We've had a great market for a long time. Yeah. Um, like I said, our our inventory is going up in uh, in uh, really like homes that we have for sales. That they are taking longer to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the millennials are, are are more sharper now than they were last year. Last year they thought the 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 house prices weren't wasn't going to end. It was just going to keep but going. I think up. The, the, in terms of the you know millennial, I think they're more educated on. Oh, buying sure. and selling real estate. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. think they're, you they, know, they're they research. They're, they're really savvy on on uh, when it comes to when it comes to home. Like they're very educated on the market. They're very educated as to where they want to live and and how much they can afford. And and you know they know exactly how much their mortgage payment is going to be down to the cent if yeah. they purchase for. They're good. They're really good at it. So. It's it's interesting, and, and I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, survey was uh, published by Genworth Canada and released uh, back on May the seventh. Uh, you mentioned uh, you know millennials being good at finances and breaking things down down to the cent. Uh, this might be hard to predict, but the next wave or the next generation is—is is there any intel on what they <laughs> might be like? They're still trying to figure that out. I think <laughs> <laughs> they're just graduating. They're just—they're just graduating from probably university and yeah. colleges, and they're just trying to find find their way. Like right. that would, uh, or, or they're in high school. I, yeah, I would imagine still in high school. So they, they don't know what that that generation is going to be, mm-hmm. and I don't think that generation. Uh, is going to make as much as the uh, as the baby boomer generation. Uh, it, it's hard to tell. Right. It, um, um, but I mean, we'll find those stats out more. Like as they get older, we'll we'll know the numbers better. Right. And and like like I said, I knew five years ago um, that the 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 large homes 
like again are going to be tougher to sell and more and now now it's hitting the media so if it's hitting the media that means it's already making an impact right. in in overall across Canada yeah so I'm just thinking that you know I have two kids one's already in high school one's going to be in high school next year What's, and the the digital age has just consumed their lives basically oh, so oh, within yeah. within 10 years or, or 15 years are going to be buying homes like what are they going to be like yeah. yeah what what I what I find popular is parents more and more are buying student houses for their kids. Mm. I find yeah. I find I find that instead of in, instead of sending their their kid to school and you know going to go rent something, they're just going to buy them the house, right? They they understand that and that, they can get and they can get the other kids to rent so that basically after four or five years yeah. that they're your son, your son or daughter your one student's the landlord or your one child's the landlord of the yeah, house, yeah. making sure everything and, runs smoothly. And then the house is worth fifty to hundred thousand dollars more. Four years later, five years later, so right. they basically paid—well, not quite paid the uh, their, edu- their 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 son or daughter's education, but they they built some equity. Yeah. And, and I think that's more popular now than yeah. than it's yeah. ever been. It's yeah. it's you know my kid's gonna go to Western, so I'm gonna go down to London and buy a student house mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. for in you know three or four years because you know so so they can live there. When yeah. did that change? I, I don't know. It, it it was it was going on years ago, but more so now than it was years ago before and uh but but again and they have to be they have because their son or daughter's in school they can find the right tenants and uh but but it, it it's becoming more and more i'd say within the last five years definitely yeah. definitely within the last five years we're up against our next break when we come back we'll talk about real estate lock boxes and uh well not so uh, good news in regards to these we'll explain when we come back you're listening to the hamilton real estate show on 900 chml our house Listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team, at Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter. You can like the Rob Golfie Facebook page as well. Call them anytime at 905 575 7700. That's 905 575 7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. And if you have a question for the Golfie team or a topic idea for a future program, email questions at robgolfie.com that email address is questions at robgolfie.com past episodes on 900chml.com and robgolfie.com and you can also subscribe to the hamilton real estate show podcast on itunes and google play real estate lockboxes uh good and bad maybe we'll talk about what they are and, and what you guys do with them yeah so i think this is something that we need to adapt i was talking uh with a good friend of ours in new york city this past weekend and he explained that the windsor real estate board just transferred over to what's called an electronic lockbox okay so i'll just circle back for a second and i'll explain how um what we call a showing or an appointment is is booked today so you cannot go through a house unless you book an appointment with your real estate agent your real estate agent is the only one that can accommodate you to a viewing. So what happens is if you're looking to buy a house and you want to go see a house, you call your real estate agent. That real estate agent then calls the listing brokerage to book a, to book a viewing. That listing brokerage then confirms that showing back with the with your real estate agent's brokerage and then you'll get confirmation such as a lockbox number with a code. With a code. Yeah. So these lockboxes nothing, you know, it's just a standard lockbox, it's a push or um, you know, it's a, it's a very standard form. So what the problem is here is that lockbox number never changes. If you're going to go up to a house, say, you know, a real estate agent, type, you know, writes it on a piece of paper, 
the lockbox coder loses that piece of paper, you don't know who's who 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 that paper can get in the hands of, right? Mm-hmm. What if what if somebody's looking over your shoulder while the real estate agent's putting in the code? That buyer now has that lockbox code. Right. So it's so where huge, are these lockboxes? Are they on like the front door? They're, yeah, they're on the front okay. door. You open the lockbox, you get the key, and you're in the and, house. And, okay. and you're in the house. So if somebody's looking over your shoulder, sees you type in the code, that person now has the code. You cannot keep track of who has the code, how many people have the code, who's been in at what time, right. when they got in. So so Windsor just transferred over to an electronic lockbox system. And how it works is every single lockbox is 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 the same. Every single every single real estate agent Windsor has to have the same lockbox. The only way you can get in is through an app on your phone. Hmm. It's almost like an Apple Pay. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a um, you know when you tap your credit card or something. Right. You just tap your phone on the lockbox. That lockbox then collects data, knows exactly who went in at what time they went in, right. at what time they came out. In addition, that lockbox can only open through certain times. For example, the, the lockbox can only be unlocked if you have a showing book for one to two, your your phone can only lo- open that lockbox between one to two p.m. Right, right. So it, it has, it ha- if something happens, they know exactly who was in that house last. Right, so it's mm-hmm. it's something that it's foolproof, really. Yeah, it's something yeah. That, that you can't. Nobody can access that house. It's hard. It's hard to adapt. Everybody needs to be on the same on the same schedule. Everybody you everybody has to have the same lockboxes. These lockboxes retail for about one hundred and twenty dollars, mm. right? So the difficulty part is all these lockboxes that we do have. You know, we we carry an, a, a large amount of listings. For us to go out and and, and adopt the strategy, it's going to be you know it's a couple, be probably right. five thousand dollars for us. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And now times that over how many realtors in this city? That's right. So we'll all have to be on the same system for it to work, right? 30, 30, well, uh, between uh, three, uh, I'd say about over three thousand. Uh, yeah. yeah. There, there's there's more registered, but a lot of them are administrators and stuff that have licenses with uh, the Hamilton uh, uh, Burlington Real Estate Association. Right. So 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 going back, there's no code. There's not there's not one code. Yeah. You have an app on your phone that you hold up to the lockbox. Once you've been given confirmation to the, of the showing, and that lockbox releases the the key, it's 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 an amazing idea. It's hmm. it's awesome for security, and and it protects protect, it protects the house. One example is vacant properties. Some realtors just think the property's vacant that they can go in and out as they please. It's not necessarily the so case. W- so once we sell that property, we take the lockbox off the house right away. And take the key, and we bring the key to our front desk of our office. And if they and if they want to book, they have to call us to book because then we can track if they're if they're going to go in without yeah. without our permission. Right. That's why we always take lockboxes off as soon as it's sold. Boom, done. And they can't access that house and, without and, our permission. And with that being said, I'm not trying to scare anybody. We ha- we've never had a problem with any of our lockboxes. We, we you know we nothing nothing has ever happened to any of our listings. Right. And, or, and the reason or, why and, it's never happened because we've always been preventative. Yeah. That's yeah. why. And, and and I don't think you know I can't recall a recent story on the Hamilton Burlington Real Estate Board where something's happened. But I think it's you know it's very preventative. It's mm-hmm. very proactive if yeah. we go to an electronic lockbox. Now. What happens wh- where the difficult part is going to be implementing it is we have a lot of realtors that cross boards. Yeah, we have a lot of re- Toronto real estate agents right. coming this way, and we have a lot of Niagara real estate agents coming this way as well. So for us to adapt this strategy, we have to get not just our Hamilton real <laughs> so, estate. So it's the province wide thing. Exactly, it wow. is exactly. It is. And I think it, I think it, 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 it can be implemented. I think it takes a couple big agents. That, that carry a lot of listings to push yeah. and yeah. it can happen. Well, our, I, I, if, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure our board, our real estate board, 
um, it came to the table of deciding whether to go with these electronic lockboxes, and they voted no. Yeah. They voted no, and it. I don't know. I, I don't know the reasons. I wasn't there for the for the voting, but I, I have to double check to to see if. The, uh, but I'm pretty sure a lot of real estate boards across Ontario uh, have looked at this. And Windsor's kind of a little bit of an isolated yeah, it's area. A little so, yeah. It's like, a little bit easier. A, for they them. don't have a, like a bigger a big city next to them, so so it's easier for them to implement that. So it, for us in in Hamilton, that means. It's going to be chaos with all these Toronto agents coming in mm-hmm. to Hamilton. You're going to have not, to get them to download the app and make sure that they get they get confirmed through that app. Yeah. Wow. And that's where that that's where that's where the, the, the it's vote. a no brainer. One hundred percent, it should be no done. It should be done, but it's but not. The implementation is is expensive. Is, yeah. yeah, I have one more question on this, but we're going to tackle it after the break. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Last go round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin in studio today with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpments, the Golfie team. Call them anytime at 905 575 7700. That's 905 575 7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's Rob G O L F I.com. Find them on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at Rob Golfie. And be sure to check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. Have a question for the Golfie team or you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss? On a future program, you can send us an email, questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. We've been talking about lockboxes, and uh, the genesis of this discussion is that there's been a rash of burglaries in the Denver area because of these lockboxes. But one question I had in regards to the implementation, can Orea or Korea say, hey, we're doing this and and, and let's go? Do they they have that power? Yeah, 100%, but it has to be voted on. Right. Yeah. Okay. It has so to still be voted board on. by board. Yeah, that's right. It has to be voted on by the board, and and I can see both sides of it. I can see the reasons why, you know, they can't implement it. There's 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 tons and tons of challenges there right. that you can make a case where it's going to be very a very difficult transition, and 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 it might not be worth it. And I can see the side where, you know, where where we need it. I think you know you don't want to you don't want to wait for that big case to happen where yeah. you know somebody enters a house through a real estate lockbox and then change it you know you might want to be a little bit more proactive but i do see the challenges as to you know why it hasn't been or why it hasn't changed yet i think and i think i think it's amazing i think it's it, it'll it'll come down the line but i think i think uh, especially uh, I think the the Toronto Real Estate Board, the Hamilton Real Estate Board, and Niagara Real Estate Board, they all have to do it probably simultaneously, yeah. right through, right yeah. through. The Toronto, I, I was talking to a Toronto agent about this just before, because I knew we were going to talk about it today on the show. And I asked him, I, I said, you know, have you ever had this the electronic lockbox? And he said, yeah, we did. But it was optional for realtors, no. right? <laughs> and, and, and yeah. you know, once you put something optional, you know, no real estate agent's going to go out and buy, an, you know, all new lockboxes. Yeah. If they don't have to, right? So I think it's yeah. something that if they do it, they have to make it mandatory across the board. Yeah. Um, so is Windsor the first in Ontario or the first in Canada? I, do we I'm, know? Not, I'm not sure about that, but I, I know uh, Windsor has it. And, and I remember when they first started, but they uh, they, they like it. Yeah. Um, it's, the feedback's uh, been awesome. The yeah, feed, they, because they you know they, exactly. Perf- they, they, you know exactly. You have reports. You have if they don't show times. up, you could say, hey, listen, you didn't show. Like a, a lot of times, a lot of agents don't leave business cards on the, on the table saying that they were there. Right. Now, if they don't open up that lockbox and we but, could say, hey, listen. 
our clients left the house for you to be there yeah. and you didn't, show, you didn't up, show up, they can get fined for that. Really? Yeah. 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 They can get a $700 yeah. fine for not showing up without letting letting uh, wow. letting us know. That's very interesting. Yeah. Or they would just show up, unlock the house, leave it unlocked for a couple minutes. Yeah. And then yeah. leave. And, we and that's could, fine. And we could track. We were there. And we that's could track. Fine, yeah. And we could track if somebody left lights on or left the back door open. Wow. And, you know, sometimes, you, you you know, like we can, this is actually, it makes it better to track, hey, you were the one there. This is at this time. Yeah, yeah. this happened you when you up. were there, right? Yeah. yeah. And the, the person after said, this is how it was when they found it. Yeah. And, so. and not only that is, is there's, you know, I've heard of some cases where if a real estate agent's running late or, or something, they'll give their clients the lockbox code and say, hey, you know, start the showing, yeah. go through. Be my guest. Yeah. They and, can't do that. And... And then I'll meet you. You know, I'll be, I'm just running ten minutes behind. Right. That is so illegal. If you, if, if you know, if they're caught doing, if they're that. caught doing that, it's it's huge. It's huge fines. Like wow. you can, you know. Well, well, yeah. What's to say that you know those individuals don't go back and you know yeah. punch in the code? And, and you don't have you any idea who's who. Ha- yeah. You have no idea. You cannot keep track of who has the code when they're coming in and out or anything. With the electronic lockbox, it solves all those yeah. problems. And I, it can only be opened at certain times. Yeah. I can see why some realtors don't like this because... It's expensive. It, well, not only that, but it puts a lot of onus on them to be responsible and they might not be. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Yeah? Exactly. But it might be another tool to get those bad realtors out of the picture. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Definitely. Uh, we got a couple minutes to end the show with uh, an exciting weekend that uh, you guys had at the Kentucky Derby of all places. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. Well, uh, Philip was at a, a mastermind group in uh, in, the, in the U.S. that I belong to, so I, I booked two uh, two things in the same weekend. So one <laughs> no. was one was the Kentucky Derby, the other one was uh, a, a mastermind group with all the top real estate agents uh, across the country. It's a selective about two two hundred to two hundred fifty hmm. top realtors across America. I, I I'm involved in in that group, so so I said to Philip, Kentucky Derby or the mastermind, and I said oh, no, I said you can go to the mastermind, I'll go to the Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do rock paper scissors? Yeah, yeah that's no, it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so the, the Kentucky Derby was uh, was a great experience. Yeah, and it's a little uh, wet this year, but it, it was wet. Yeah, we had great seats. Um, it, it's like one big Halloween party. It's and like one hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, one hundred fifty seven thousand to be exact. That's amazing. But everybody pouring rain. Up, Nobody, pouring. every seat filled. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, it was it was a, it was a great uh, event uh, to go to. Everybody was dressed up in their like their yeah, they got the hats uh, and the whole fascinators bit. Yeah. and their hats and dressed up like 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 it was in back in the day and they, yeah. and it's a big it's a big event so um there mm-hmm. was, there was history made apparently uh justify the horse mm-hmm. uh one and a two uh, a horse that uh, never raced at, uh, at two years old uh won the race so you, i guess when he was two he didn't race but now he's three right okay he, he's and I, I i if i'm correct i have to d- double check that if that's the right mm-hmm. Thing. I don't want to upset any horse yeah. lovers out there. Look <laughs> at all our horse but, racing uh, fans calling. <laughs> but yeah, it was a great experience. We we met a lot of people there. Um, we enjoyed it. Uh, it. It is definitely a bucket list for people to oh, yeah. to attend. Oh yeah, so. that's right on the lines with Wimbledon, Augusta. Sure. Yeah. 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 Kentucky Derby. Right? I think yeah. you know those. Are well, your it's top one of Indianapolis three. 500 yeah, probably. You know yeah. those marquee. So, yeah. Yeah. So I was invited to the Queen's Plate in Toronto. Oh nice. And I, th- I think that I think that's in July. <laughs> I'm not sure. So again, everybody wears their hats and stuff yeah. like that. So, so you're getting the hat. So 
Oh, I'm going to wear the same one. <laughs> I'm going to wear that same hat forever. You get your business card tucked <laughs> yeah, in yeah, there? I'll put it in there with a couple of feathers. And <laughs> so what, uh, do you have uh, other things on the bucket list? Because um, that's pretty cool. Augusta. I think Augusta would be yeah. awesome. Yeah, that Masters. would be amazing. I, that's um, that's I, right I, up there. I definitely want to see the Elvis uh, go to Memphis and Nashville. Graceland? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I might, I might try try to. I, I want to see Graceland for sure before that gets uh, kind of faded out. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know if it ever will. They're literally passionate. These millennials, these millennials never. What are you talking about? See, there's a millennial here. He doesn't even know Elvis, Elvis. the king yeah. of rock no, and roll. Elvis, but what's this festival? Uh. No, no, it's not a festival. It's it's Memphis, where Elvis lived. Oh, yeah, yeah. So his estate. I'd yeah, like yeah, to see yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, I'm a big Elvis. It's fan. Really cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, who isn't? Yeah, like, apparently exactly. this guy. I can't believe. <laughs> All right, we got to run, uh, guys. Thanks for coming in. And uh, if, uh, again, if you missed past episodes, you can go to uh, robgolfie.com, 900chml.com, or subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on iTunes and Google Play. We are back next Saturday at 9 a.m. right here on 900 CHML.